Hello, Stephen. Hello, Stephen. Good to hear your voice again. And good to be back here on Small Ale Liberals. And so much to talk about since we last uh, convened here and spoke. And it's it's great for podcasts that and newscasts at 24-hour news stations that there's always something happening. But it's not good for existing in the world that all no. of it because it's not news stories about people saving puppies. You know, it's it, it's it's horrible stuff, human drama and uh, human misery and meanness. It's just, you know, the Chinese curse. May you live in interesting times. I've had enough interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it would be nice if we got a break from the uh, from the floods, the fires, the uh, the the corruption, the, the indictments. Uh, what, oh, the uh, we're up to four now down in the states, and you know, and lots more to come. Uh, it's just you know, I'm getting whiplash. Yeah, it's I can understand why a number of news people from 24 hour channels have decided to step away. Well, and you know, it's it's probably a good thing that uh, Twitter and Facebook are are no longer covering news because that would just be too. Uh, too depressing. Yeah, it's not Twitter now. It's X. No, X. Yes, yes. Even X though it's, you still say you tweet somebody and they're called tweets, it's called X. You exercise someone. No, I don't know what it. Yeah, it, it's just, yeah the whole the whole Twitter thing. I've actually stepped back a lot from Twitter the last little while. For so have whole, I, but but whole bunch of reasons. I mean, Twitter. I I love Twitter. I've got uh, I know uh, a, a very loyal following of like twenty six thousand followers. Uh, built up over like 12 years and i feel like i'm letting them down because i you know twitter know you twitter's just not fun anymore i mean no. I, I used to go to twitter for news because it was a great news aggregator of articles that you wouldn't normally see anywhere in the world i mean there's lots of crap on there too but you know you got stuff from the guardian and you got stuff from the states and you know stuff that you you wouldn't read on a day-to-day -day basis that were really quite interesting now it's all gone they replatformed a whole bunch of racists a bunch of knuckleheads, people who, you know, whose opinions you know, honestly shouldn't be heard um, and and amplified them. Um, you, know, it, you know, it's one thing to, to platform people. It's another thing to use your algorithm to bring them to the front of your feed. And I, I, I dipped my toe back in Twitter the other day. It was about uh, the um, it was it was about a couple of things. One was about the um, there was some goofy decision by a very, very low level tribunal in the military that uh, they were pretty sure that uh, requiring COVID vaccinations back in the day uh, was a violation of somebody's charter rights, the soldier's mm -hmm. charter rights, non-binding decision. Uh, and I, I just ha happened to finish reading a book by Tim Cook called uh, um, Lifesavers and Body Snatchers. And it's all about the Canadian Medical Corps in World War One. It's a fascinating book about the the evolution of Canadian military medical history and how big a role inoculations, vaccinations played in keeping our soldiers from dying. Uh, we were the only, um, we we're at one point the only uh, army that did that, and we kept people from dying of typhoid and all the rest. And I just said, you know, it's ironic that the Canadian military is now, uh, you know kicking around the idea that vaccinations uh, you know may not be a good thing um in terms of rights of soldiers but it's the thing that kept our soldiers alive through several wars and i had the anti-vaxxers you know they're still out there they just came cr crawling back out from under the rocks and my feed was just full of, of vitriol from anti-vaxxers i'm like wow they're and i wasn't even going on about it i just I wasn't saying, you know, go get vaccinated. I just said, you know, it's ironic that 
you know, we were at the forefront of this and now the military's looking, you know, looking to backtrack and, you know, all the crazy theories came back and then, you know, God help me. I, I tweeted about, uh, about um, Justin Trudeau and his son going to, to uh, see the movie Barbie and, and, and everyone was, was going on and on about, about, well, well incredible misogynistic homophobic, um the usual anti-trudeau stuff and i just got swarmed again and i thought wow this is like going out in in the woods on a warm muggy night and and not expecting to be bitten by mosquitoes yeah and, it's uh, you know within five minutes i was just covered yeah it's uh, i feel the same i mean i've got under the ed the sock account i've got about sixty-five thousand uh followers and they people have said you know, I love I love reading what Ed the Sock puts up there because it helps me focus my thoughts and, you know, focus with the issue and so on. And I feel I've been letting them down because I just I got other things to do. And well, there's uh, that, too. Yeah. Yeah. And, there's, but there's real life. Yeah, But, di you know, dipping my head in that sewage pit. It's like, why? I understand that there, you know, there's people who who need somebody to clarify the issues so they understand what's being said but i i can't i i stick my head in and then i just go away like the ignorance i mean these people who claim that the vaccine was poison they're still out there so where the vaccine was taken by billions of people it's the if, most studied vaccine in history <laughs> yeah as if this was actually poison like you said there would be at least millions of deaths yeah. And they point to uh, these articles about uh, a rise in, I forget what the term is, but people dying. Um, and uh, I, there's a term and it's escaping me, but uh, something un, unusual mortality or something like that. Oh, yeah. Ex ex excess, excess mortality. mortality yep. Yeah. And if you read the articles, there's reasons for this so-called excess mortality. But n even the articles, there is no uh, there, there were statistically uh, compared to the billions of people who got the inoculation, it's statistically irrelevant, their numbers. They can't accept that they were just absolutely wrong. This was not poison. It wasn't some experimental thing. It was a, exactly what they said it was. It was a vaccine. It uh, lowered the, the severity when you got when you got it. And they they can't let go. They can't. Nope. This is like people. Those doomsday cults, who where their their Messiah would say, uh, April twenty second, the Earth will end. God will come and make the rapture, and then on April twenty third, when we're still here, these it'd be like these people arguing. Still no, no, the world <laughs> did end yesterday. Yes, <laughs> you know, say like, no, no, but we're all still here. No, no, the world ended yesterday. Like it's just. Look around you. It did not. And that's the thing. Look around you. The vaccine did not make people die. It's they can't handle it. Just like the Great Reset that never happened. Um, it was it was, you know, it was just pressing a resume button rather than a reset button. There was no Great Reset. There was no changing in political alignments and so on. There was no changing in structures of governments. There was nothing. It was a lot of talk during a time when there was a lot of talk, but nothing has come of it. And if you bring that up, they start pointing to the, the, the usual crap, um, Bilderbergs and uh, 
um oh, soros and all you know yeah and soros and, and yeah and all those other things it's just yeah they just can't ever admit all right i was wrong i believed yeah. it but uh, uh, all right i was wrong they can't they again it's like these people who say the world was going to end april 22nd on an april 23rd in the world that hasn't ended they're saying the world did end because they can't accept no this didn't happen and it's aggravating and you mentioned barbie and the outcry against barbie as someone who's seen barbie is ridiculous it's i cannot believe the fragility of some people's sense of masculinity this happened with marvel's she-hulk show as well another show that was a female protagonist from a, a female point of view uh another show that lampooned a certain type of bro culture not all men just a certain type of bro culture and it was such a clear lampoon uh but people got offended it's anti-men and if you see barbie it is it is not anti-men it is not uh, it is not anti like people talk about how many times the word patriarchy is used yeah the context that it's used in in the movie is that uh they're making the point that it's a word that has been used a lot that very few people who use it even know what it actually means when they're using it. Um, and it's funny. And it makes a very, Barbie, it makes a good point about the, the current situation with uh, men and women and so on. But it does it with satire and it does it without anger. That's the thing. It's gentle. It does it without anger. And when, uh, spoiler alert, when Ken... Uh, goes all alpha male, uh, and uh, he hang all the other Kens start acting like douchey bros. That's I mean, it's clearly over the top. Yes, there are people who behave like that, but if you're one of those people, chances are you can't handle being lampooned because the reason you're acting like that is you're performing what you think is will be perceived as masculine behavior because you don't even know what it is to be to be a man you have to follow these stereotypical cues because you're not comfortable with what being a man and masculine means to you the hatred directed towards this movie is insane it's a very yeah. funny it is the smartest comedy satire film i have seen in so long that i can't remember the last time i saw one this sharp i was laughing out loud through the whole thing um well, i found I, I found nothing you, offensive about it because the well, point you, it, it's okay to make points with humor yeah well, well that's the point that, that's the whole reason for humor is to make a point you know to, to point out the uh, the ridiculousness of life or the, the you know make you make you laugh a little bit at yourself because you go like oh wait a second i, I i've done that and uh, you know now i now i see how stupid it looks yeah um, but it's done it, gently it's, yeah yeah um, and it it's you know I say at the end of the day, it, it's it's just a movie, but it, it does seem to have stirred up a lot of a lot of angry. And uh, it, as did, you know, Justin Trudeau's picture with his son um, wearing, you know, pink, pink shirts and going in to see it. Now, of course, you know, Justin Trudeau knew it was going to create that kind of effect. I mean, he, you know, he, he loves jumping on social trends and things. And, you know, the, you know, the backlash that he got from it was from the predictable, which is you know, saying, oh, well, now we know why he, uh, why he, he, he separated because, you know, clearly he's gay. Yeah. Um, he was like, oh, okay. It's a bit of a reach. 
Um, but uh, and uh, and the other one is like, well, here here he is saying, you know, he's begging for for privacy at this time of the separation, and he's posting pictures. And we're like, well, you know, he's asking for privacy about the separation. He's not asking for privacy as a public figure because he is the prime minister and he is a public figure and he, you know, and he's out there and he's still a politician. He's still politicking. Um, he's asking for his family, you know, to be protected from, you know, un unpleasant questions and probing about the separation and the causes speculation of it and, and, and the effect on the family. Yeah. I mean, but a picture of him going to the movies is not within the area that he's asking for privacy no. for. And, well, and that, that subtlety is just lost on people. He can't. He's a prime minister. He can't go to a movie without being photographed. So you might as well own it. And, you know, these people who are all about family values, family values. Here's a father taking his son to a movie on a week when the family has had a rough patch. Or, you know, obviously it's been rough for a while. Yeah, that's family values. But no, you know, they didn't say, well, clearly Trudeau is a uh, nuclear scientist because he took his daughter Ella to see Oppenheimer. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, uh, it... It, it's just, I mean, the... Halev is uh, is leading in the polls right now, but I see this as bit a bit like the romance of uh, Danny and Sandy in Greece. It was summer loving. It's uh, <laughs> you know it's like summer relationships that end when school starts. Uh, I think that once people start really, I mean, they're doing a good job with these new commercials, making them seem like just a nice family guy but when his policies are brought forward and highlighted and when his past comments and his past history has is brought forward in the the focus of an election campaign i i think that this this lead is going to vanish they may gain more seats than they had but this this idea that the uh, first of all trudeau as uh, my wife leanna points out trudeau always starts back of the pack in an election um, well, you know, and when he was comes... first elected, he was, uh, you know, thir you know, third place, uh, yeah. and and you know, came, you know, well, they say came out of nowhere, but it, it's, you know, people have consistently underestimated, and I've done it too. And there's there's times when I I see the what the Liberal Party uh, federally and uh, and Justin Trudeau are doing in terms of policy and campaigning and missed opportunities. And, you know, you and I have talked about this, you know, for, for years now. And, uh, you know, the results always surprise me. I go like, I would never have thought that, you know, this policy or this thing would fly. And it does, which just tells you I'm a terrible judge of, of what what the people want and are interested in. So I don't know, you know, again, underestimating him. And I don't know, you know, the pure, like you said, the, the superficial makeover of Pierre Polev um is you know you take off the glasses and you know there's lots of lots of speculation and and personally i think it i i i buy it that uh, you know he's sure he's been working out and he's trying to you know bulk up and muscle up and all that kind of stuff but there, there's there's like there's pictures of him you know a week apart where you know one one day he's got a pot belly and a t-shirt and the other one he's he's got a six-pack and people are posting pictures on on social media of of muscle undershirts you know un, you know uh, structured undergarments that you can wear underneath your t-shirt to make you make you look uh, like you're like, ripped like Spanx. Spanx <laughs> yeah, exactly remember Spanx when uh, when Aaron O'Toole is on the cover of a magazine oh and I remember, remember that. that they put his head on a uh, fit 
physically fit uh, guy's body, and everyone was like, "Oh, come on!" And that, there was that some Photoshop sculpting too. that went on during that thing, and and I, I I'm not sure people buy it. And you know, without the glasses, you know, I've got no problem with someone wearing glasses. He just looks like he's he's always looking for his keys because he always looks kind of squinty. It's like, you know, where did I leave? If I only had my glasses, I could find these things. So I don't know if he got contacts or LASIK or or what he's doing, but you know, he's got a face made for glasses. Um, you well, know, you know, they that... say that you're not supposed to punch somebody wearing glasses. Now, <laughs> now I can punch him. Now, of course, I wouldn't do this, and I'm not I'm not encouraging anyone to do it. But man, does does that face look like it needs a punch? Um, when <laughs> well, he's and, and... when he's saying horrible, horrible things, you well, know, he's, gonna, he's a liar. He's... He misleads. And, and, you know, and I have no problem with conservatives, uh, you know, no, nor do I, I, I actual say, conservatives. No, no. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, of, of many of the flavors of conservatism that's out there too. I mean, I've always had a problem with radicals at either end of the spectrum and, mm -hmm. uh, and fundamentalists, mm -hmm. but, you know, but conservatives, you know, not that problem. But what I do have a problem with is what you just said is people who have deliberate policies of lying in order to score political points. Now, you know, the cynics will say, oh, all politics is about lying. I don't believe that. No. I, you know, I believe that, you know, there's there's spin. There's putting the, the best face on something or, you know, fudging it a little bit. But there's a kernel of truth there. Uh, and then there's just make made up lies out of whole cloth uh, where you know that what you're saying is fundamentally untrue. And, uh, you know, several conservative leaders in a row now have made this basically their modus operandi. Their policy is to be untruthful about things in very fundamental ways, not spin them, but be untruthful about them. And, you know, you and I've talked to that, you know, the NDP has sat along on the sidelines, uh, you know, wishing that uh, anyone would pay attention to them. And for a while there, Singh also had, uh, you know, you know, pulled a lot of nose stretchers when it came to social media about things that, uh, that, that just weren't true. Um, you know, and, I, I think that is a bad policy, uh, you know, lying. I mean, because we've seen it south of the border. I mean, we've seen some people say, like, how do we get to this point in politics? Uh, and, you know, there's been this debasing and degrading of politics in a substantial way, you know, certainly in the pre the run up to Trump era. And, uh, you know, we've, we've seen it infiltrating here in Canada, too, that there, there's this debasing of politics where the truth doesn't matter, that honesty doesn't matter, that corruption doesn't matter anymore. People just kind of shrug about it. And the stuff that would bring down governments and make people say, I will never vote for that, that, that lying person again, uh, they go like, eh, it's the game. And I think we've just become immune or 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 numb to it through social media and and monopoly controlled uh you know traditional media as well as just you know being constantly subjected to blatant lies uh in in you know day-to-day -day life and it, it's too bad because it really you know is a terrible commentary on how our democracy is supposed to work well yeah it the thing about our democracy is that it relied upon people having people participating in it and the public having a degree of uh, shame, um, of dignity, uh, and there. But there's nothing legislating that people yeah. quit before when things they did were exposed because uh, out of respect for the office and respect for their government and because they were ashamed. 
but you know they were indicating i've done a wrong here i'm leaving because i'm accepting i'm doing penance for my wrong but there's nothing to force people to act uh, in a way that is if you have no conscience there's nothing forcing you to behave like you have a conscience no and for, four indictments later trump is still running and he's he's the front runner yeah. In the Republican Party. I mean, yeah. It's, where, well, I'm, how, I'm how convinced. How many indictments do you need? I'm convinced that there, there are uh, people in the U.S. who believe, I mean, because their roots, their historical mythology roots are as uh, re rebels. Uh, yeah. And there's this rugged individualism myth that they maintain as well for men. And I think that there is a feeling that somebody who thumbs their nose at the rules and boldly you know makes their own path is a, a, the essence of americanism the essence of rugged individualism it is the embodiment of an american mythology so the more trump breaks the rules the more these people like him because as far as they're concerned the rules have been stacked against them and to them it is essentially American and American masculine to 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 go your own way and to thumb your nose at the rules. I mean, you look at heroes going back, Clint Eastwood, Dirty Harry, and all those those stories on TV about cops who have to break rules in order to actually get justice to you know accomplish. You know, they don't show that. Okay, well, this case is going to be thrown out because you didn't use proper process. They they lionize these people. You know, people. Uh, prefer Batman over Superman because Batman does whatever he wants. He's an anti-hero, whereas yeah. Superman is about doing good for good's sake and uh, idealism and so on. They don't like that. They they like these people who are bad boys. There's this love of bad boys, and it's not limited to teenage girls in high school. It's it's out there. So I think the more he gets uh, indicted the more they're like, yeah, good for him. That's just further proving my faith in him as somebody who who symbolizes that American mythology of going your own way and thumbing your nose at the rules. Yeah. And you see that even, you know, even in their commercials, I mean, when they're, you know, selling you a Jeep or a, or a uh, Bronco or something, it's like, you know, there are some people who don't follow the rules and that's right. this car for them. And, you know, you see them going off road and, and, and running over the wildlife and, and doing stuff. <laughs> um, it's it's and everyone's going, like, yeah, and it's like, and, you know, the great inventors, the great, uh, you know, business people, you know, they're, they're the rule breakers. You know, someone said, I, you know, you couldn't create a, an oil monopoly and and, uh, you know, and Rockefeller went ahead and did that. Um, say, oh yeah, yeah, he's a pretty terrible person too. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, 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 but you know they, you know, and and that's you know the Zuckerbergs and uh, and you know the the you know the, Musk. the Elon Musks and all of those you know the the modern robber barons. You know they everyone goes like, oh, aren't they wonderful? They break all these rules. It's like, uh, yeah, they're you know the thing about the breaking of rules and guys like say Thomas Edison or whatever, what they were breaking were expectations there was a comment like the wright brothers at the time the wright brothers did their first flight there were articles saying man will never fly the what they did was shatter expectations they didn't shatter laws there's a difference yeah uh and 
proving that something within business or within uh, in, in the the invention of a device or improvement of a device or a service that didn't people didn't think could happen, proving that that is possible, that is breaking expectations. It isn't breaking laws. And yeah. people don't see there's a difference between innovation and criminal activity. Um, and it's it's disturbing. And you can't, you, you, there's no talking to Trump people. There's no talking to them. The nonsense they believe, the Biden crime family, there is zero evidence that Biden ever did anything criminal. There's uh, the, the people who supposedly, the Republicans had a witness who will testify against Biden. The person didn't show up one day because they had a conflict um, and turns out to be somebody who's a fraudster. The uh, person who said, I have uh, a telephone call recorded of Biden taking a bribe from China and that call never showed up. It just didn't exist. And the other guys are saying, yeah, Biden had it, had it, you know, destroyed or whatever. No, no, this was supposedly something the Republicans had control of. And then Republicans like Chuck Grassley had to say, yeah, it is possible this doesn't exist. Uh, they're just liars. They continue to equate Joe Biden on his own going and finding some scrap paper that should go to the National Archives that was packed in a hurry um, that he returned soon as he found it with Trump deliberately removing items things that were not old, but active uh, classified documents, refusing to return the documents, lying about them so he could continue to hold on to them illegally, showing classified documents to people who had no classified uh, access. That they think is the same. It's, yeah. it's, 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 you know, it, I've likened it to uh, somebody is, uh, someone who's speeding in their car. They're doing 60 in a 40 zone. Somebody else is drunk driving and smashes into a, into somebody and causes a death. It's the same thing because both of them committed infractions while driving. Yeah. You know, it's no, this is insane. And they want to believe that. And there are mm. people I've heard about who who in Canada who swallowed the Trump Kool-Aid. And they're people I would never have expected uh, to believe, like retired women um, who worked in university who, who leaned sort of you know more liberal before i they they buy it and this idea also that politicians all lie at this point they're just yeah these are he got caught for his lies but the others just haven't been caught yet so it's no big deal it's all the same this is what people have been some actors have been trying to do with the political system for some time which is make people numb and make people feel like it's all a waste of time because the fewer people that vote, that's the fewer people that people that, that politicians have to convince to vote for them. Yeah. And there's certain kinds of people who will be turned off by it. And who are those people? Likely people in the liberal camp who are who, uh, appalled by the violations of ethics that they see and wash their hands of it. The people on the right, they don't seem to have a problem with violations of ethics. In fact, they seem to relish it and seek them out. So it's you know, disenfranchising the attitudes of the electorate uh, serves certain ends. And it's been going on for a long time. Do politicians make promises that 
uh, during campaigns that they don't fulfill? Sure. Um, in most cases, most, not all. In most cases, it's because they were out, they weren't in government when they were running. They get into government and discover, oh, the way a little more complicated were, than I thought, <laughs> and the way things were presented to us as being, they're not that. We were told there's a surplus. We get in here, we discover no, that was all fiction. There is actually a deficit. We don't have the yeah. money to spend that we thought we did because the previous guys lied. Um, or we you get in, you try it, discover this isn't going to work, and because you didn't fulfill it, even though you discovered this is not workable, you're a liar, as opposed to somebody who got in, tried it, and discovered this isn't going to work. It's constantly lies, lies, lies. And they're not all liars. No. And you know, like you say, and I, I respect someone in politics who changes their mind. I mean, you know, it, it, it's it's the mark of an intelligent person where, you know, yeah. they're able to change their mind because you, you're presented with new facts. You're open to it. I mean, that's why you can't reach the Trump people or the the anti-COVID people, the anti, anti-vaxxers, because they didn't arrive at their position through logic and through information because if they did then logic and new information could dig you back out of that hole but since they didn't arrive there through logic logic will not convince them otherwise which is the, which is the great you know I, I always say the you know the, the great liberal mythology that we have to believe uh, but is increasingly proven to be not true is that you know people are rational and that education is the key to to a, a better outcome for all kinds of things, better decision making, a smarter population, more civically engaged. Uh, you know that rational discourse is 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 the goal, and we can all get there with enough education, and information, and opportunities. And you know, I say, and I, as lib, as small l liberals, I think you have to believe that, because the alternative is even if it's not true, and it's it's certainly proved in a lot of cases that it, that's not necessarily true but if you don't believe that that leads you down a very dark path of demagogues and authoritarian governments because you come to the conclusion that people are stupid and will remain stupid no matter what you do therefore you need to rule them with a firm hand and take away you know a lot of their choices um and you know as a small l liberal which is the name of our podcast, you know, I think that it is a, a fiction that we have to believe that people will act rationally in their best interests, even though a lot of the time the, the proof is, is otherwise, because otherwise it, it takes you into a, you know, a, a very bad place. Um, but, you know, the Trump people, the, the anti-vaxxers, uh, that's why you can, you know, you can argue with them on Twitter all you like. You can send them articles. You can send them statistics. You can send them scientific studies. You can, you know, point to stuff and they, doesn't matter what you give them. If you're a rational person, you go like, huh, I didn't, I didn't realize that. That number really surprises me. I did not know that that was the case. And if you're a politician and you are presented with more information, better information, then you, sure, change your mind because you go like, ah, oh, okay, now I know better. And I really respect that in the person. Although, you know, you may be crucified, you know, by the electorate because, you know, they want people to have the right answer from day one and never have to change it mm. uh, and will punish you politically otherwise. But, you know, it's the people who, you know, change, you know, who, who, who say one thing and then do another, uh, you know, famously, you know, this week as well, we had the report on the green belt in Ontario mm -hmm. and the Ford, Ford government. And, you know, the, the, the few uh, media outlets that are not uh, kind of in the bag for, uh, for the conservatives 
uh, and and they are getting fewer and fewer. You know, they're running the the clips of of Ford saying we will never touch the green belt, and it has no impact on our housing plan. It will not alleviate our housing issues. And you know, we've heard the uh, the Ontario voters, and they've said, "Hands off the green belt," and I will never do that. And then we get the report that came out this week where they absolutely just decimated the green belt, and they did it for. Uh, according to the uh, according to the report, they did it for the benefit of a handful of people who stand to make eight point three billion dollars out of this. Um, and you know, it wasn't for rational reasons; it was to enrich a few people. Um, and people are going like, eh, eh, what, "What do you expect? Politicians they lie, they they help their friends, they cheat." So, well, you like, think of the apathy that got him got Ford reelected. Yeah, it wasn't that popular, but people had just. We just come out of COVID, basically. People were enjoying the sun on their face. They didn't want to think about politics anymore. And they were convinced by media reports, well, he's going to win anyway. Yeah. So what's the my other two vote parties to had, had uninspiring leaders and uninspiring oh, terrible campaigns. Leaders. Yeah, it was terrible just, yeah. leaders. Yeah. So yeah, um, I say, and you know, you now you've got someone uh, like Bonnie Crombie coming uh, up, uh, uh, and uh, yeah, she. Um, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be very, very afraid. I think he is. Uh, I like very, uh, very Nathan Erskine Smith. Yeah. Well, again, he's a bit of a maverick in, in the party. Um, I don't think he's got it broad enough support, but you know, who knows? Uh, you know, we'll, we'll do another one on the Ontario liberal leadership at some yeah. point. And, I uh, have a feeling I just look at him and I say, this is a guy who has the stuff in the current mood of the electorate that would motivate people against uh, Ford. A, yep. he's white. B, he's a man. Uh, C, he's rather young-ish and uh, generally attractive, considered attractive. Uh, a bit of a maverick. This is the kind of stuff that people respond to on an emotional level. Because, yep. you know, Leanne is a peer counselor and she's always saying you can't reach people who are uh, working through emotions with logic. You have to deal with emotion as emotion. Logic yep. will never over will never disconnect emotion, and uh, that's you know unfortunately true. I mean, if you're if you're fortunate, you can sometimes say, okay, I recognize I'm being emotional right now. Um, you know, I need to I need to take a break and and consider this stuff. Uh, but people are people, and and they don't. I mean, you talk about voting against your uh, own interests. If you look at the Republican, solid Republican states in the U.S., they typically have uh, highest rates of uh, uh, illiteracy, poorest education results, bad health care systems, uh, you know, on and on and on. They, and yet the poor, the white poor in those places see themselves as their Republicans because it's part of their identity it has nothing to do with whether they think that they're the party that's actually going to solve the problems. They're just convinced that the other party will make it worse. You know, it's bad, yeah. but the others will make it worse. And I'm a Republican. So they vote against their best interests. They vote people in who refuse government funds to expand Medicare, uh, you know, things yeah. like that. And that, then you get, you know, the I mean, Florida has increasingly just become a, a fascist playground with, uh, you know, right down to uh, curtailing education uh, to turn it into propaganda. It's uh, people will vote for as long as you convince somebody 
that the other guys would make it worse, they'll stick with you. Yeah, and you know, and and you know, Florida's a great example because you know it is of uh, you know it's it is pretty solidly Republican. It's funny. It's it's all the old Confederate slave states that that yeah. tend to uh, they they tend to be uh, Republican and they tend to be the worst off in America. Yeah. And you know, and in terms of like social capital, there's like an index they use for these things. Um, uh, Florida is is like. 37th of the 50 states in personal freedom, 35th in living conditions, um, educa- 31st in education. It's, you know, and I've seen, you know, worse numbers depending on, you know, how you drill down. I mean, they are, they're in the bottom half. They're comfortably yeah. in the bottom half. of. Actually, of they're in the bottom third. Yeah. 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 And, but they just keep going like, well, no, we want more of this. Yeah. Make it's America like, Florida was a, something DeSantis was. Yeah, uh, trying yeah. to float that they did, did, did not work everyone into florida man yeah it's, um, and it's interesting to see also he is a vicious mean little man who oh, he, yes his ambition is all that matters to him he has zero empathy or interest in the people he serves um he the more he the, the more polls he gets that show he's he doesn't have a chance against trump if trump is able to actually run and is not in jail um, the more he just amps up his crazy right wing attacks on education and uh, personal liberty and things of the, you know, in the name of liberty, um, he he's just he, there is no low to which he will not sink to try to better his political fortunes. And, uh, you know, I, I'm hard pressed. Uh, who's worse, him or Trump? Trump is a wrecking ball. Trump is uh, as unregulated is illogical um and it, he, you know he he wanders all over the place yeah, everywhere he's an he agent goes of chaos he, he's an agent of chaos is that worse than an agent of active evil um yeah this you know wow this is a wonderful choice and i think that the reason <laughs> desantis is consider continuing is i think there's a hope in his head that something legally is going to prevent trump from being the candidate and then yeah. he'll be the second choice. So he'll be the, you know, as the runner up, he'll be the person that becomes the candidate. I think he's banking on that being the case. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, I know. And there's some glimmers of hope because, you know, one of his major donors, someone who'd, uh, per, you know, one, one of these ultra rich uh, Americans uh, you know, who'd uh, donated uh, $20 million to uh, his campaign. Uh, said, I'm not, I'm not funding him anymore because, you know, he's just too radical. He's just, uh, you know, it's one thing to be conservative. It's another thing to be a nuts conservative. And he's, uh, he's crossed the line of nuts, not giving him any more money because they're starting to say like, well, I don't think America as a whole is that interested in this extreme right wing, like you say, you know, proto-fascist kind of attitude towards, towards government and, and social issues. The, the gentleman you're talking about cited specifically, DeSantis's record on abortion restrictions in yeah. his state. And what's interesting is this week we saw voters turn out in Ohio for an off-year election that Republicans put forward trying to prevent uh, people, uh, Democrats, from making an amendment to the Ohio state constitution that would enshrine abortion rights. So they wanted to have 
uh, a proposition that was voted on to make it more difficult, nearly impossible for Democrats to make that change, to make abortion rights a, a constitutional right uh, in Ohio. And the turnout was immense. More people turned out for this race than for the, the last election. Uh, in a you know in an election year, uh, there was like some three million people. Uh, a lot of them, uh, white and black women, including women who were center right, who are because of abortion are voting Democrat. And this is uh, and, and if you look at state by state, you know there's some states like Florida and and, and other backwards places uh, where they've you know. Basically, uh, uh, abortion is illegal uh, from before you go on the date with the guy. Um, and but there's a lot of other states where I think it was Kansas that surprised me, where people came forward and said, no, no, no. Uh, we believe that that abortion rights, you know, there should be a common, you know, a, a sensible abortion thing. Like, you know, people weren't doing uh, third trimester abortions unless it was in a medical emergency. Well, you know, in the real world, nobody does third trimester no, abortions unless no. there's a meta, unless there's a, you know, a, a threat to life. Yeah. It's like something happened in a car accident or something mm -hmm. like it's people didn't do, you know, and Trump going on and on about how they do them. They'll give abortions right up until the ninth month. And that That's even right. the after the baby delivery. is born, That's even it. after the baby's born, right. they'll decide to kill a retroactive it. abortion. We do yeah, that. Like, yeah. What are you even what are you even talking about? That's right. We call that happen. murder. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't. <laughs> What are you talking about? Um, but it's interesting that states are rejecting it. And states are also state courts are stepping in to push back on yep. these trans uh, anti-trans bills. And it's an interesting thing. I cite Leanne again because she's very wise about these things. She said before, she said the they know the people putting forward these anti-trans bills know that they are likely to be unconstitutional and to be rejected by the courts. But yeah. the whole point is they put them forward and yeah. that's what gets the headlines. Mm -hmm. And if they get rejected, that just gives them ammunition for activist judges and the you know, more of the the narrative that you see the world is against people like us. It's built against the system is rigged against people like us. And so so that is why I, it's completely cynical. They're playing with the lives of some people in very precarious emotional and physical situations and they don't care no and i mean and and you know we certainly have that same sort of thing up here too i mean just using abortion as 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 an, as an example i mean there was a private members bill from a backbench conservative mp recently about uh, about adding extra criminal sanctions to someone who kills a pregnant woman uh and 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 the fetus dies too. It's almost like you know a separate a separate charge. You know they juice up the penalty, and the, and the reality is that you know all circumstances are taken into consideration when sentencing. Um, so you know if if a, a pregnant woman is is killed and 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 you know they they don't count it as two murders in Canada, but it is you know it's it's a, an aggravating circumstance that will lead to a, usually a large a longer penalty. But uh, again, the, you know. It, not because they think it's going to win, uh, because you know they clearly don't have the votes for it. But the conservative uh, MP Bill on uh, about violence against pregnant women, 
uh, was a, you know a dog whistle to to the abortion rights people, yeah, and and also kind of a, a thin edge of the wedge thing because you know you're trying to backdoor in fetal rights, which is one step from personhood, which is one step from you know more yes. restri- you know, restrictions once, on abortion. Once the um, law recognizes that or, or, or states <clears throat> that the death of a fetus is punishable that is establishes grounds for the fetus as as you said as is a person is a living th- and therefore yeah. it's you know murder to it, yeah. uh to it's one, a, one to toe in that swimming pool and and but, but it also mollifies the the anti-abortion groups in that uh that are you know traditionally conservative supporters uh you know, and and every single conservative mp who voted voted in favor of it uh, there wasn't anyone who who said no, but you know, again, it, it's 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 signaling, like you said, uh, even though they know that it's not going to pass, or in the case of laws in the United States, that it's not going to be found constitutional by the as soon as it hits the federal courts. That's not the purpose of it. The purpose of it is to signal to their supporters and to different groups that they're on side. Yeah, the interesting thing is, and I don't know why this hasn't been more vigorous, and maybe it is, and we're just not getting covered, but in the states. Uh, Jewish groups are making the case that the abortion restrictions are uh, against their religious freedom because they're based on a form of Christian theology, not on science, and that uh, Judaism, when in the Torah, if somebody uh, causes damage to a pregnant woman and causes her to miscarry, it's treated as a property crime. You pay a yeah. fine. Um, <laughs> it is not the same as in certain streams of Christianity. And the adoption of these abortion laws are based in one religion. It is interfering with the religious liberty of Jewish people and perhaps, uh, you know, uh, Islamic people and atheists. Um, so, and if this ever gets to the Supreme Court, it will be interesting because that puts these right-wingers in a bind they're constantly going on about religious liberty are they going to stand with religious liberty when it's not christian religious liberty or oh, the answer to that is no <laughs> yeah. yeah i know it was rhetorical but i'll i'll, I'll yeah. cut to the chase no you know yeah. if it's if it's not mainstream you know american evangelical christianity it doesn't it doesn't count well that's, that's because the only, that's the only religion religion that counts when they talk about religious freedom that's the one they're talking about yeah they Everyone else is just, you know, you everyone else is wrong. a guest. Yeah, and you're I'm, just you're just you're all just worshiping the wrong God. Yeah. In in the States and even here, uh, there are those who believe that the white, uh, largely Protestant people are the actual Americans and Canadians. Anybody who doesn't and Catholics can fit in there, too. Uh, anybody who doesn't fit in there, uh, no matter how many years, generations they've been here, they are basically guests in yep. the home of these white uh, Christian folk. And they will be uh, gracious hosts until you start being an, uh, a noisy guest. And at which point they try to put you back in your place that, look, I know you think that you're on a par with us and that you're an American slash Canadian, the same as me, but you're not. And yeah. that, you know, so we're all you know myself as as a jew we're we're guests here and when it comes right down to it that's how they see us we're guests that are becoming troublesome and uh, ungrateful that they allow us the degree of freedom that they do 
now shut up and just say thank you. Yeah, and you know, and historically, I mean, that goes right back to the Puritans, uh, you know, as the as the the mythical founding you know race of of the United States. And there was a funny exchange that I saw where where uh, someone from England was talking to an American, and the Americans were saying like, you know, well, you know, the Puritans left England in search of religious freedom, and the, and the, the 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 English person was saying like, really, that's what they teach you because English history is very different. We didn't want the Puritans because they were they were crazy fundamentalist troublemakers who ended up you know you know twenty years after uh, after they landed in Plymouth you know killing the English king um, you know, you know um, the uh, you know the Puritans we, we they were they were the bad guys in our story um, whereas in America it's the heroes and they you know and America has kind of formed this entire idea of its own unique brand of of fairly intolerant Christianity based on its founding myth. Yeah. And, and, and Americans are unwilling to recognize these are myths. I saw a cartoon from Prager U, which is oh not a university. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, it's a cartoon that depicts Frederick Douglass talking to some white children, explaining that the founding fathers were all abolitionists, but they knew that you had to do it in stages. And, you know, it, 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 you know, until, you know, to, until Lincoln was able to like, just, and the man doing the voice of Frederick Douglass, I'm not certain if that is a black man or a white man trying to sound like a black man. Uh, but it, you no, know, the founding fathers were not abolitionists. They held slaves. Thomas Jefferson famously impregnated one of his slaves, and there's they have uh, forebears uh, or descendants. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. But these lies that they tell, and I think partially there's a bit of a pushback because when they're, the left was uh, emphasizing that this is a colonial situ- system, uh, that... Uh, people were you know people of color indigenous people were treated badly uh in the past they were they weren't coming forward with the message saying look we know it wasn't you that did this we know that you today probably wouldn't support establishing this kind of thing we're not saying this is your fault what we're saying is look it exists let's all try to make it better what they did was made made it sound like they were telling people to feel guilty for things that were done uh, by their uh, their predecessors that they had no say in that that they had no agency in. And you know what? People get pissed off when you tell them that. Like, why should I feel bad for something I had absolutely no agency in? Approach me and tell me that. Look, all we're saying is that the system is unfair. Let's work to make it more fair. Don't villainize people. And that is a mistake the left make. I mean, the left makes these mistakes. They they get some traction and they get some some public sentiment behind them. And it's like, you know, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm not with you. And yeah. they keep going. They keep uh, the, the extremists keep getting the microphones and painting the entire, you know, a reasonable movement as unreasonable in the public eye, because listen, it's the people who are on fire that get uh, the, the the news cameras on them. And so they they there's a pushback amongst, you know, otherwise decent people who are not supportive of what was done to the indigenous people or people of color and what people what they're still experiencing today. They're not supportive of that. They're not bigots. But 
they don't want to be told that they that they are bigots simply because they exist. And yeah, and you know, and you, you turn reason, yeah, you turn reasonable people who who could be you know in in the language, you know, allies, you know, into you know, at best people who don't care, and at worst people who flip and become resentful of the fact that they're constantly being told that they're bad people because of something they had, like you said, that had nothing to do with. Yeah, and this is what the left does. They they get some success with things that are reasonable and that reasonable people say, all right, you know what? What they're saying there, that's fair. And then they want more and more and, and they push and push and push until people say, people just backlash against the whole bloody thing. And that's the failure of the left every single time. Yeah, and it gives the right the opportunity to to pick off the people around the edges who are you know disgruntled, who are feeling put upon, or feeling unappreciated, and uh, you know, and and liberals and 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 the big L liberal party is 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 absolutely famous for 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 pissing off its supporters and people who've done work for them and 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 helped them out, um, and uh, it's it and it gives. The, the the far right fringes, which you know at any point is maybe fifteen to twenty percent of the population, the opportunity to pick up that other ten to fifteen percent of the population that in our system puts or, or in proportional representation systems too oh, uh, gives them the the opportunity to form a government because they've just gathered up enough disgruntled people who would who've been driven into their arms by the policies of 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 the left and and even even you know the well-meaning center um who don't feel like they have a home there anymore because they're, they're constantly being told that you know they're you know they they carry you know whether it's historic guilt or racial guilt or or they should feel bad about themselves uh for you know for 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 reasons that are completely beyond their control when they're decent smart hard-working caring empathetic people yeah and you know, I, I shuddered there when you mentioned proportional representation. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, every time people say we need proportional representation, you're not first past the post. It's like, uh, take a look at Israel. Well, especially look at it right now, where especially right now, where they're dismantling the Supreme Court's oversight of the government, which is the first, you know, and and I hate to say this when it comes to Israel, but it's the first sign of fascism, mm -hmm. where where there is no rule of law. That the government is subject to and the first thing you do is you gut the court or you do what the united states do which is you know you pack it with with loonies on the right and so that gives the government absolutely no in the in in the american sense checks and balances there there's no one who who keeps a rein on the government in canada we've managed to avoid that because we've had you know, our you know we have a completely different judicial system and our supreme court works completely differently than than the american ones do even even the appointments under harper of who he thought were you know people who would be favorable to him he still lost on constitutional challenges i don't think he won a single one of his constitutional challenges um that were brought against his legislation but uh, you see United States. I shudder to think what happens when things get, you know, whether it's abortion or some of the other issues get to the Supreme Court, because, you know, the the terrible people on the right on the Supreme Court of the United States are going to base their decisions on politics and ideology as opposed to the law. And the same is going on in Israel right now. 
Oh, in um, Israel, people who think that proportional representation uh, is actually a better representation of the public's will, look at Israel. And this is not the first government to be this way. It's just the most extreme. In Israel, you have to form a coalition government, and that sometimes gives the most radical out there parties a tremendous amount of power yeah. and control because without them the government will fall so they got them and by you, the you might only need two seats That's... and it'll be the it'll be the two guys sitting in the back in the clown suits yeah who are who are the two seats that you can you know you, you only have to win over those two people with a promise of something and all of a sudden they hold the balance of power that's right and so no it is not a better representation of public will in israel i mean Israel, the, the the sustained objections and protests against what Netanyahu is doing with the courts. We're talking about tens of thousands of people turning out regularly for for rallies. For, 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 for weeks, for, for months now. Yeah, for months now, regularly. You've got uh, people, you know, they, they believe very much in, in service and in compulsory military service. You got people in the IDF saying, nope, I'm not showing up. Uh, and these are people who these are people who believe in democracy these are people who do not support this drift to the right and you think about those of us in north america canada the us when we don't like something i mean in canada okay you know it, it's a non-starter uh we just say we don't like that uh but in the states they'll have these celebrated weekends women's march or whatever but it's just a weekend and then it's over there is I, I don't see in in our democracies any sustained demand for uh, defense of democracy and democratic institutions like I've been seeing in Israel, because uh, the focus is on the fact that Netanyahu is probably a crook uh, and is morally has no, you know, he's amoral at best. And the fact that the, what their government is, the, the, the racist, the horrible things they're doing to Palestinians, the lands that they're taking from Palestinians, the suspension of uh, tax payments to uh, East Jerusalem and Arab parts of, of Israel. Like these very, these things are unjustifiable. They're unjustifiable on a general moral sense. They are completely unjustifiable in a Jewish liturgical or theological sense, completely indefensible. But uh that's you know that's what we see of israel and not as much the focus on look at how much of israel says this isn't right and how consistently they show up and they're not giving up they're not saying well we had a good weekend but uh, uh, it didn't go anywhere no, so no and you know and they they understand that this is you know in that incredibly overused phrase an existential crisis because as soon as you start tinkering with the way government operates um, you know, and especially a government like Israel, which, you know, is, you know, is, is under siege, uh, you know, it's in a, an unfriendly uh, sea of, uh, of of hostile nations and, and has this uh, idea that, that, you know, that it's important to be, you know, always vigilant and always armed. Uh, it makes it much, much easier for them to, you know, to, to start taking away liberties in the name of security. Um, and, you know, and if that's what, as a right-wing government, Netanyahu is interested in doing, then the first thing you do is you, you, you get rid of court oversight, uh, and, you know, and, you know, much to their credit, a big, big proportion of, uh, the Israeli people are, are aware that this is the beginning of, of some very dark times if it goes through. 
and it's gone through at this point. Yeah. The interesting yeah. thing is that the Supreme Court is now uh, being asked to rule on the constitutionality of, of the law that takes yes. away their ability to yes. rule on the constitutionality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah, and and you hope that you know they. Uh, well, we ha we've had similar things in Canada where the uh, Supreme Court. I remember um, um, Harper wanted to appoint somebody who, on the face of it, you know, didn't qualify for the for an appointment to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme mm -hmm. Court ruled on that person's eligibility and said, "No, he's not eligible to sit uh, on the Supreme Court." So you know they they do regulate themselves, but there's a point where where you know any strong man whether it's in a uh, a a democracy flawed or otherwise just says no i, I don't care i'm just i'm just not going to do it i mean I, you know it's not the same thing but you know how long has uh, doug ford been been fighting the uh, release of mandate letters to his ministers um it's gone all the way to the supreme court we're waiting for that decision it seems to be taking a long time but he's lost at every stage and just says no i don't care what the courts say i'm just gonna you know he still hasn't exhausted all of his legal things but uh you know you, you just see people you know south of the border trump how many laws has he flouted how many how many court uh you know summons and things has he you know those chickens are starting to come home to roost a little bit but you know People like that just get away from it, which takes us back to our original point, which is the norms that we've all lived with in politics and, and in public life have just been so eroded that, you know, if someone is accused of cor you know, corruption and there's, you know, like I say, the, uh, the Greenbelt report comes out, a government should fall on that. A, a, a premier should, uh, should resign. Um, a minister should certainly resign, but there's no sign of any of that happening because, like you said, there's no shame anymore. And there's a, this heightened tolerance for bad behavior among politicians that people you know, just are like, eh, what are you going to do? Yeah, apathy, which is the desired result of people who wanted to drive us into apathy. Um, we should go because we I mean, this has been fairly dense and let people digest it. Uh, hope you guys are enjoying this. If you are, uh, make a comment, uh, let us know. And if you have topics you'd like us to cover, please do that as well. Uh, my friend is Stephen Lawton's, and he can be found on Twitter less often than he used to. Uh, <laughs> I still I, check it, but at, I, may at, not, I may not reply immediately. <laughs> but he's there. He sees you. Uh, it's <laughs> at Stephen, which is S-T-E-P-H-E-N, Lawton's, L-A-U-T-E-N-S, um, so find him there and, uh, there's really nowhere to find me. Um, if you're looking, <laughs> if you're looking for Ed, the sock, check, check dark alleys. Yeah. If you're looking for Ed, no, I don't, I don't go in dark alleys. It's scary. <laughs> uh, if you're looking for Ed, the sock, uh, Ed, the sock is the host of the all night show on 94, nine, the rock, uh, GTA's rock station. It's uh midnight to 5. AM Monday to Friday. It's a ton of fun. And, uh, you can also listen at the rock.fm. And soon it'll be available online. The shows will be posted the next day. So you'll be able to, to listen even if you couldn't stay up. Um, and that's it. Stephen, thank you again. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And we'll talk again soon.